Welcome to Dare to Know, interviews with quality and reliability thought leaders. I'm Fred Shankelberg, a guest host for today's RAM special episode. While attending the Reliability and Maintainability Symposium held in late January 2016 in Tucson, Arizona, I had the chance to sit down with Pontelis Vasilo. And I'm not quite sure I'm pronouncing that right. Sorry about that, Pontelis. And talk about his career and what got him started with the in the idea behind Reliasoft Corporation and the software that they produce, plus is a brief look at some of his plans going forward. Pantelis came right out of his PhD program at the University of Arizona and started Reliasoft. And later, I, just last year, was the company was acquired by Spectris as a part of the transition uh, Pontelis resigned his position and started a, a new venture called Vassalou Ventures. Today, he's a, leading that uh, new chapter of his life and exploring new oppor- opportunities across different industries. Join me now as we sit down and talk with Pontelis about his career. So, Pontelis, thanks for joining me for a conversation today for Dare to Know. Thanks for having me. All right. Well, we. You know, at Rams, I think we've met years ago at Rams, and I think even before that, uh, I was working at HP. at HP and the Reliasoft packages and software. So I wanted to sit down and ask you a few questions about where that came from. Where where this idea for a, a software package that is only for reliability engineering? Um, I mean, what what sparked that crazy idea? Well, yeah, at the time probably was crazy. I mean, it was at the University of Arizona uh, under Dr. Kisiosioglu, and Dr. one Casey. of the things, yeah, Dr. Casey, and one of the things that as a graduate student, he was writing a lot of books. Uh, so there was a need. To, uh, yeah, he was in a pretty aggressive uh, book writing. So there was a need of doing some analysis. Um, and well, he had all these grad yeah, students had, do it by hand. Yeah, do it by <laughs> hand. And also the idea came out. Some of the things that we wanted to do is can, computers were coming of age. I mean, you, you're looking at 1990s, 1989, 1990. So Wait, it was, was a perfect that MS-DOS time. MS-DOS 3? It was frame? basically when I it was Windows 1. It was 1.5. came out in 91, I believe. Okay. okay. Yeah, I might be off a little bit there. But, uh, it, it, you know, we were working on the books. So part of the idea was can we do some of the analysis and so forth. So... I kind of threw out the idea of I can take a summer off and because I always liked programming. I've never really, I used to, in high school, I took some courses. In college, I took some. And at the time, it's like, I, you know, will you give me a summer off and I'll see what I can put together. Mm-hmm. And, so you uh, were in a, in a PhD program at that time? I was at the, master, in the master's, master's well, it was program. between the master's and PhD. I finished my master's and I was in the PhD program okay. at the time. And he did allow me to go ahead and do that. So it was, you know, put something together. And one of the things that Dr. Casey always did is he tried to sell stuff. So, or, I mean, promote stuff. Promote so stuff, once right. we put something together that, in my mind, was crap, I mean, it was just something a student put together <laughs> in a few months, he's got some companies interested in it. Uh, one of it was Honeywell at the time, I think, at Weibel 1, if I recall correctly. And it was and just a, a Weibel calculator. It was basically a Weibel calculator that uh, was just put together. And they expressed some interest and they decided to, they're going to fund the university to actually do some more work on it. So with that coming along, I pretty much volunteered. I said, I'll take it on, obviously, and let's get it to a better stage 
Because again, when you're doing it, you're a student. You're just doing it for students. You, right. you really you, you know all the buttons. The place yeah, to you keep know what you know what you're gonna put together to make it work, and you know what to do if it broke. It wasn't really intended for anybody else to see. So eventually, that rolled into what would, what I called Weibull two, and it wasn't really till Weibull three that uh, you got a product that actually was usable by outside people. And the interesting thing at the time was, as I said, Windows was just coming out, and one of the things that was exciting is to see the graphical interface. So Wipeo 3 actually went out in Windows. Uh, it's a Windows 3 product. Okay, okay. And we're the first product actually in engineering that ever made it on the Windows platform. I mean, yeah. not too many people, there was nothing on the Windows platform. Right, right. I mean, and later now we've got, you know, you need a server to run some of these simulation programs and modeling programs and so on. But Correct. Everything else was backspaced and even on the PC. And I guess you had, you know, uh, under DOS, you had some programs at the time that did run under DOS, but you know, Windows was, in my mind, catching on. And I think being able to go ahead and offer a product under Windows um, was something that was attractive. And obviously, it was never intended to be set up as a company. I mean, at the time, I was thinking, you know what, I'll finish the PhD here, get a job as a college professor. Oh, really? Saw, well, you wanted saw, to go into teaching? Of course. I saw how many hours they worked. So it, was, it, it seemed like the perfect thing to do at the time. It's like, oh, you only have to teach four classes a semester? And yeah, you know better than that so, now. Um, it seemed like a good idea at the time. That's right. Uh, but uh, at GM came through, I believe, it was about 92, and with the existing product, that was three. They wanted to replace an aging DOS product they had. It was called PC WAS. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And they've actually uh, came in and decided to fund us at the three university and me to go ahead and take the existing Wible 3 product and write it to their specs uh, to replace PC WAS. So that was basically what became Wible 4. And at that time, we ended up taking about a year. It took about a year to do that. And uh, pretty much you had a commercial product. Uh, by the yeah. time we got done with that, you had a commercial product that started selling. So you now have a product and you've got a market that you need to support. So all of a sudden you need to set up support infrastructure, sales infrastructure. Okay. Well, now the Realize Soft, just before you left, mm-hmm. they had training facilities, you had consulting engagements, uh, you're, you're omnipresent at these different conferences and 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 presenting, you run your uh, Realize Soft is still running the ARS, Correct. which I think you inst- was, instigated yeah. years ago. It was one of the, yeah, we got into one day with Pat Hetherington and mm-hmm. I was former RAC, RAC, and we decided that we needed something that's applied that would complement RAMS, and that's how ARS was born. Yeah, so um, good thing we're sitting outside, none of the board of directors can well, hear us in here. I mean, I'm it's a also here, they're complementary, I think there is a value on everything that you do out there. I wish there was more. I wish there was two or three more in reliability that uh, people could go to. And I think there is there is a need, still a need for there's that. There's still a need for it. Do you think there's a need for the, the face-to-face part, whether it's yeah. training or conferences? I, I think that's the best part. I mean, when you come, I mean, I'll be honest, I've come to this long enough. The only reason you, you know, the biggest reason, I shouldn't say, the biggest reason you come to is to see the people that mm-hmm. you've known over the years and hear from them what they're doing now and what's new. Uh, so that that's a huge piece because again we're a small we're a small community and it is. To the kind of we're all over the world and all over the country and it's it's one of the few places these conferences are you know pretty much the only venues throughout the year that you get a chance to see to, you I mean last time I saw you was, was at Ram so kind of proves that point yeah very definitely and it's also why I, wanted to bring all my recording gear here because I know mm-hmm. I could catch a few people. 
Okay. But the the more and more stuff though is it's well, I'm I'm going back to when you started the software. Mm -hmm. It was really recognizing the start of the, the desktop PCs and engineers getting PCs. Yes. And and, and now they have this tool to execute the stuff you've been learning about from Dr. Casey and mm -hmm. others. So and I know the programs have continued to evolve and, and explore. Have you seen it make a difference in products and product design and reliability? Is that really? I, well, yeah, I think, I mean, reliability has improved tremendously over the last 20 or 30 years. I mean, going back to the 80s. Was that I mean, because customers are getting more picky or is it because we are able to design more reliable well, products? I think we're more cognizant on what we're doing. I mean, we're, mm -hmm. we are implementing reliability in there. So, yes, we're able to design more reliable products because we're putting the effort in there. Mm -hmm. At the same time, having the right tools makes that effort not as cumbersome. Um, and also makes learning a lot easier. I mean, I think one of one of the things that is a benefit of having a, having a tool to do something is that you learn so much faster. You don't have to go through the mechanics. Oh, remember the Weibull probability plotting well, paper? I, yes, I <laughs> remember <know>? that. Yeah, <laughs> very well. Yeah. So one analysis with even 20 points could take you half an hour half an hour. to sort it out. And just to learn how to do that. Right. I mean, so what the difference, I think, what what is what software is changing is not learning the process on how to do something you let the tools do that for you but what you should be learning is how to use it and what does it mean how do i interpret it i mean most of us get stuck in the mechanics of doing something right. and we do it for the mechanics without really thinking why am i doing it right what is it telling me right, right. Um, what are the problems with it what are the pitfalls but once you pretty much can take the mechanics away and automate them then you leave a lot more time for the people to do that or even explore different ideas. I mean, imagine being able to do the same thing. Let's go to a very simple Weibull plot. You could go in there and play with things for one hour. Mm -hmm. How much more would you learn than sitting in a class and doing one plot by hand? I mean, just being That's able right. to vary things, I understand a lot more about That's what's right. going on. And this is where I think the tools come in. Yeah, that's a good point. I, you know, I, I remember, and I, I'm sure I've told you this before, is when I was taking a data analysis mm -hmm. class in my master's program. Yeah. I, I took the Weibull package in and I showed him that the, a brand new feature you'd introduced was the, I think it was a wizard of some sort, it would quickly yeah, affect yeah, like five or six different distributions. Multiple, yeah. And so this uh, professor looked at it and goes, well, that's evil. <laughs> uh, we've got a lot of flag on certain things, but you know what? Why? Again, you go back, you have a thinking human being. What tools do is automate the procedure for you, then what you want the the user to be doing is actually understanding and thinking. And right, and it's the part, you know, I, I, I would rec I think I even recommend it is you should put a big banner that shows up and right. don't pick the one you want the answer to be, pick the one that fits your data correctly, yeah. or, you know, fix so, the one that helps you make a better decision. Because my boss looked at it and he goes, oh, well, let's use the gamma distribution because that gives the answer I thought it should have. And yeah, so, but then <laughs> go like, and understanding, you don't have enough data to do that and so forth. So right. I think the biggest piece is really understanding what you're doing. It's with any power tool. I mean, I can give you a nice woodworking set that's got every power saw and everything else in it. You know, you can do very good things make efficiently. Sawdust. Or you could also cut your fingers off. I that's mean, right. so there is an education element that needs to be in that uh, with any a, tool. You make a good point, though. And I, I know I've learned tons of stuff and, and, and talked to clients about well, we'll look at it this way. If this hockey stick shows up in your Weibull plot, mm -hmm. that means there's something else going on. Let's ask better questions. Let's Correct. understand the root cause of what's going on. Whereas it would just take longer to get to that yes. graph manually. And, 
and go back. I mean, a lot of the stuff I've done, I mean, even go back to accelerated testing, I know you do quite a bit of that and being able to analyze it very quickly, it starts bringing up, you know, instead of taking that analysis and making inferences on it, what I've done on most of the stuff that I've ended up consulting on is asking questions, what did you do mm -hmm. and why am I seeing this? Because a lot of it, you get to visualize a lot quicker what happened. That's right. So that kind of enables you to kind of better conduct a better experiment the next time around or understand where you could have went wrong. Um, and so forth. So I look at in the 90s, I believe, and now let's take the first century, the first decade of this century. I think we basically, and across, I mean, we just talked about Weibel, but there's tools across everything that you end up doing in right. engineering. So the tools are there to enable you to do that. So I think we've reached that. The education level is kind of getting there. The biggest challenge I think that's coming up for the next 20 years mm -hmm. is, you know, you got the Dallas conference going on right now, which is basically the merging of machine and man and machine. Right. We have to figure out how do we introduce some AI instead of you doing some of the analysis, the machines themselves should be able to do that. Well, there's and, patterns in Weibull, for example, yeah, that should signal right away that, why, hey, have you thought I, about this? Why can't I, as a washing machine, be able to say I'm predicting I'm going to fail in mm -hmm. the next week? Well, that, what do they call it? Probabilistic? No. Prognostic health management? Prognostic health management, and, and a lot of it, and that's where I think a lot of it, where I see a lot of it going, is where you're going to go from the user and the tool, is the tools are now where the algorithms or the logic or the AI, if you want to get better, because mm -hmm. I think we need to get to a level of artificial intelligence kind of embedded well, in systems. A lot of the manufacturing equipment, they're talking about Internet of Things, and yes. it's really just censoring and, and monitoring vibration and power draws and all these other performance and that's parameters. that's what we're doing today. Right. That's all they're doing but, today. But gather that, drop it into these different analytical tools, Correct. and look for those degradation signals. Or even do it, do it yourself. I mean, at this point, if my washing machine, I mean, I can buy a new washing machine, it can talk to my iPhone, okay? Yeah, yeah, yeah. If my washing machine can tell my iPhone it's done, my washing machine should also be telling me what's the operating conditions that are in there, what's the vibration, and everything else, that's mm -hmm. it. But it should also be able to tell every other machine. Right, right. And, and gather and then all that. And at the same time, all of that gets automatically gathered, or automatically analyze. You wouldn't even need human intervention to do that. So I think that's going to be the challenge. We don't have that today, but I think right. the next 10 years, if you're going to tell me where would I, where would I be looking as the next field to be in, that's, to me, that's where we need to go. And it's the Internet of Things, but more of an intelligence automated type of analysis, automated type of reportings. Why can faults, you know, we do FMEAs. Why can't those be automatically populated by the washing machine? The washing machine can tell me what right, right. environments, what was my failure. Well, I mean, it's in there. We, we know that if you're manufacturing a product, you go talk to the operators mm -hmm. and technicians on the line to learn where the variability is. Well, machines also know. They do. The, the equipment itself knows, and it's seeing the variations. It's seeing the variations. So it's, again, how do we take all of that? How do we combine it? And that's really, I think, some of the things you're going to need is some standards. I mean, I think one of the biggest things that's missing right now is what data do we, is there a data structure, is there a global reliability data structure that these things can be transmitted, communicated, and I think that's what Jeez. we need. Instead of doing you know, all the standards that we've got now, that's the next 10 that's years the next worth of step, standards. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm wincing here. It's because not I, easy. Yeah, it's not easy because I'm thinking of the warranty world and, and, and trade secrets and, and you know proprietariness, and then you add security and, and privacy on top of it. Yes. And, 
But yeah. I mean, when it's it talk doable. about security, privacy, I and mean, most software are collecting. I mean, you agree on your phone, you agree on Windows that you're gonna let them get usage data. You click on that yes. Oh, I made them. I made them wait. Yeah, I read the whole thing. Okay, I took it to my lawyer. And, yeah. <laughs> you took it to the lawyer. So I mean, no. If it's aggregate data, I mean, if it's data that's not doesn't identify anything, I mean, what's the big deal? I mean, I don't. I don't well, really. Well, it sounds see like that. though there was a commercial years ago where a, a woman answered her back door and there's mm -hmm. a repairman there and he goes, "Why well, didn't call?" repairman yeah. and he says no your refrigerator did, did. and so, so how that had to be identifiable but I'm, I'm sure that was an ad I'm not sure I, I've never seen that work I've never got anybody I might have your ass failed and nobody showed up nobody door. showed up and it took <laughs> two weeks my, to get yeah, them out there so <laughs> I haven't seen that but that, what ads. we're talking about though is the technology is there yes and then it's just a matter of connecting it to the yeah. web I mean the, everything everything's there all the pieces are there yeah. And the analysis can be done in the cloud or remote. All of that, correct. Whatever. I mean, all of those could be, they're just pieces. Yeah. So, again, if I guess if I was still at where I used to be, that'd be something for the next 10 years I'd wanted to look at. Okay. Well, speaking of that, I, I mean, congratulations on selling your company. And I didn't know that, that I mean, it, it seemed to, for me as an outsider, it seemed to happen pretty quick. It did happen very quickly. Um, it was... I mean, we didn't go out there planning, and it wasn't something that we went out there looking for. It just well, I read the Wall Street Journal, and it, and you know, it wasn't that you were in the market looking for a no. buy or anything. It just uh, things happen very, very quickly, even for me. So okay. yeah, maybe yeah. if it was longer, I wouldn't have went for it. <laughs> <laughs> they made you attend one more meeting. Yeah. But uh, so, what do you got going now? What's what's the next? I mean, you just mentioned a good idea for the next ten mm -hmm. years. Uh, what, what do you got um, planned? What do you Kind your of, next startup again i think some of the information or you know i'm not doing anything active in liability at the moment so i have to take some time off uh but uh still thinking about it i mean if you've done something for so many years it's, right. it's in your blood yeah now. everything you look at is you know what you know what would i do next or now that you don't have the constraints of having to think a certain way or having to do what is it that you would do and i keep running into the idea of where you're looking at the ai idea of uh, mm -hmm. We're going to have to go there. I don't see how we're going to get cars driving. I mean, you've got Google Cars out there. You've got free flight where you're going to have airplanes basically ATC themselves. Air traffic well, like control. the Amazon delivery drones. Amazon delivery drones. Well, I mean, now you've got uh, software issues. So that's, and software reliability to me, is something that's hugely understudied. Yeah. I, there yeah. isn't, and you know that. I, I know mean, that. There isn't that much out there. So you're going to end up getting a lot of software, hardware interfaces. And how do we start understanding those? And I think that's, that's a challenge. That's something to keep somebody busy for well, interesting. You know, a long well, time going forward. All right. Well, we'll keep an eye on that, as I'm sure the community will, to find out where you land next and what, what, what you bring to the market. Because I, I think you caught that bug from Dr. Casey. Is that, um, and, yeah, he was <laughs> excellent mentor, and I think that's just you know, always looking for something new. Yeah, well, that's awesome. Well, thanks a lot, Bonalise, for joining me on the Dare to Know, and um, we'll look forward to seeing what happens next. Well, thanks, Fred, and yeah, hopefully thanks. I'll see you before next year's runs. Uh, yeah, <laughs> next that would be great. Okay. That would be great.